Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of In Moderation. Today, I am here with my friend Anna. Hello. (laughs) Anna and I met about a year and a half ago. We met through some common friends, some common interests, and our friendship has turned into something crazy. So (laughs) (laughs) tell us about yourself, where you're at, what you're doing. Give us the rundown. Yeah, no, it's so funny because I think the the very first time I met you, you actually, like we were going to a party and you handed me your phone and you were like, let's be friends. And then it was like Snapchat pulled up and I was like, okay. We're going to do <laughs> For it. sure. You have no choice. Um, but anyways, yeah, I'm a senior at James Madison University. Go Dukes. Um... I'm a health sciences major, but I want to be a dietitian, so I'll probably do that in my master's. Um, I work out. I run a lot. Um, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I've completed my first marathon last year. You know, I don't want to toot my own horn because that's really annoying. No, toot the horn. You ran a damn marathon, girl. She ran a marathon. <laughs> I know, but, like, people are always, like, people wouldn't run marathons if, like, they couldn't talk about it, and I'm, like – Tell them <laughs> I get embarrassed. Your time. Because it was fast. I know. It was, well, it was like about average. It was four hours and 30 minutes. Four minutes. hours. Sorry. Okay. 20. Come on. And how many miles is it? Is 26.2. 26.2 miles this yes. girl ran. Yes. Crazy. I know. It was it was honestly such a, a hard experience. What made you want to do that? Um I just think I grew up and I was always a runner. Um, and like, I would literally, I would come home from like my practices at school and high school and they, we wouldn't do enough running and I I would go home and I would want to get my running in after practice. And so I've always just loved running. And I think that's, I think it was just kind of like one of those things I wanted to do in my lifetime. And I was just like, I want to do it now. Like, I don't want to have it hanging over my head. And I was like, I think it'd be so cool to do it, you know? And see how far I can push my body which is crazy like thinking about it now like I drive like for like 30 miles and I'm like damn how the hell did I do that that's crazy it's insane but it's it it was probably one of the best experiences of my life so like preparing for that and then doing it accomplishing it like did did you feel any like change within yourself in that process Oh, 100%. It was actually very humbling because, you know, I'm usually like, I can just kind of like, I'm one of those people that can really just force myself to do things when I don't want to do them. But like when I got to like mile like 18, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Like, how am I going to do 10? what, What is it? Eight, six plus eight more miles left Mm -hmm. 8.2 miles left and I was like there's how and like I just remember the pain so I think it really just kind of it it changed me for real because now I'm like god I could do anything and like I'm I'm ready for more and like so then I think I transitioned from the running like my running goal because I had completed a marathon I was like all right I completed that goal so now I want to complete more goals in the gym 
like benching a plate. <laughs> so I completed that. And now my next goal is to do 10 pull-ups. So it's like about setting like goals. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So you value setting goals like I do. How do you think this like plays out when it comes to staying accountable to achieving those goals and like managing that with all the other things that you do in your life? I think like it's really easy like for people to not make things a priority. And if you really care about something, you'll do it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just finding something that you actually really enjoy doing. Like for me, like I really enjoy running and I actually really enjoy um, weight training. So I'm kind of more of like a hybrid athlete. Um, but I I think it's just like find something that you like doing because you'll want to do it more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. If you don't know what you like, how do you start to figure that out? I think you just have to try uh, multiple different things. You know, like I've I've tried it all, honestly. Like I've tried all the workout classes you can think of. I've done Barry's Orange Theory. I've done spin cycle classes, Peloton, like you name it. And I've tried it and I hate spin. <laughs> I hate that shit. I literally, it gives me so much anxiety. I'm like, this is so hard. And like my dad's really good at like the bicycle, like the Peloton thing. And I'm just, I can't, like I just hate it. And so like, I don't do it, you know? Mm. Um, But I think you just have to try everything once. And then like, maybe don't try it just once, maybe try it twice just to see because like maybe you got a bad instructor instructor the first time like you just never know you know Mm. just trying new things totally i'm looking at your microphone because i want to make sure it's still green okay oh yeah okay just a slight intermission (laughs) you were looking at it because i was holding it like this because this is how i drink like drinks with my pinky out i'm like relax (laughs) no the button's just here so don't press too hard yeah this is the button right it's right below this little clip thingy where your thumb is. Oh, that's yeah, the button. Yeah. So just be careful there. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so goals, goals. Goals are great. Yes, goals. Challenging yourself is great. Yes. Finding new things is great. So I want to talk about how to find – how you have surrounded yourself with people who help support you work towards those goals. Right. Um. I think, honestly – JMU really kind of values activity a lot, especially in the UREC, like our recreational center. And I think I am just in that place religiously and Mm. you naturally start to know people, you see people and um, you, I mean, it's like, it's simple, like it's not that simple because it can be very scary, but like maybe approaching people in the gym and like talking to them. I I know like I've really, I'm talking, I've never done that to be honest with you, but that would be a really good thing to do. But I think you are like a very social person. Like the reason I met you is because when Delaney shadowed you, Delaney shadowed you. Exactly. You're right. You're right. I remember like I lived with Delaney at this point and she came home and she was like, the girl I shadowed was so cool. She just talked to me like the whole time. She was so cool. She's so easy to talk to. I think she's going to come out with us this weekend. 
So I feel like you're better at that than you give yourself credit for. Thank you. Thank you. I do tend to talk people's ears off, especially if I'm going through something and I have something to talk about. You will not get a word in (laughs) because I will be just talking. I'm a very like expressive person. Like I I like to say like my face looks like an emoji. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I can't hide anything on it. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like, and whether that's a good or a bad thing. But <laughs> I, I definitely do think, like, maybe I am a little more social than I am. But like I said, like, I feel like I met you outside the gym. So I don't, mm-hmm. like, I don't, like, put it with the gym. Yeah. Even though technically it was because of the gym that I met you. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's weird. Like, yeah. once you start to, like, get involved and do things that you enjoy doing, like, you find so many people who right. are similar more similar to you than compared to when you're doing things you don't really want to be doing, at least in my experience. Totally. So I feel like as friends, you and I, looking and reflecting on our friendship, we have this, I feel like, level of respect towards each other that allows us to both do our own thing. Like, you will not catch me dead running a marathon. (laughs) No, you won't. (laughs) You won't. Um. But at the same time, we also make sure we make time together. We'll have dinner together, go out together, watch a movie together. And for me, as I've found more friends who have that level of respect and those kind of boundaries, that's become a a friendship quality that is super important to me and something I I seek out in new friends that I make. So for you, since you have become more aware of – yourself and what you're doing like can you walk us through that journey of like becoming more self-aware and how that then translated to your friendships your relationships and like how you move through the day totally I think also like you know for my entire life it wasn't until like junior year of college that I really you know started to find my people and like people who wanted to hang out with me And I think what made me self-aware in a relationship was, like, I was so tired of, like, always being the one that would, like, um, make the plans or, like, say, hey, we should, like, catch up. And, like, you know, I've gotten to the point now where it's, like, I have people who haven't talked to me for months and they text me, like, hey, like, what are you up to? And I'm, like, I texted you and you left me, like, on red. Like, this, that's, like five months like I think it's like I've made the quality of myself like you have to make the effort like you have to say yes to things even when you don't feel like it Mm. now if you're like really not feeling it like I totally get that so I think like that's a big quality for me now is like really just making time for those friendships because I think I struggled with that a lot in the past and I was very like self-centered in that way where I was like I'll just get to them later I'll get to them later and then when it came down to it I was like really I don't have that many friends but like no one has that many friends because you have to make the friends, right. you know, mm-hmm. like you have to put the effort into those relationships. And I feel like so many times like people don't do that because it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of work. Definitely. You, know, you have to go out of your way to care about someone that's not you. Mm-hmm. So. Which is hard. Yeah. It's hard to just care about you sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. literally. So how do you manage knowing when you need to save that energy and dedicate time back to yourself? Versus when you should push yourself out of your comfort zone a little and be like, you know what? Yeah, like I don't really feel like it right now, but I'm going to do that because I feel like afterwards I'll be really glad I did that. Right. Um. So I think for me, like right now in my life, so much of my time is spent 
doing work like schoolwork and like um, going to the gym and like getting in these like habits of like life is just like you're just going through the motions and I think when I am like okay I'm just bored is like when I need to start breaking it up and being like maybe not like doing the same thing every single Friday night like maybe trying something different maybe going for a hike like me and my uh, roommate last semester like we went for a little hike and it was actually so fun and so refreshing I mean I was deadly hungover but like (laughs) it was great you know and I think it's just like about doing things that you like wouldn't wouldn't have done and like they take energy like you know going apple picking with your friends like everybody's always like let's do this let's do this no one actually does it Mm -hmm. Like, it sounds so great in theory, but no one ever does, like, and I want to get better at that, you know, like, actually making things happen. But it's hard to get people to say yes at the same time. Mm -hmm. I kind of forgot the question. (laughs) No, you're perfect. You're you're totally on track. Yeah, uh, we were talking about how you balance yourself and your friendships. So I think the saying yes thing is great. How do you know, like, say you've had this long week and you're drained maybe you you had plans like how do you gauge if you're going to cancel the plans or if you're going to power through like what signs is your body giving you like what feelings are you having that are going to differentiate you from staying out versus pushing out and going I think it's about having a really good relationship with yourself you really have to be in tune with yourself and um kind of just know your body like last night you texted me we were we were gonna go see the sunset one of these nights we were Mm -hmm. and then it just didn't really work out because we were both like you were like I'm hungry and I'm like yeah I'm kind of tired too and like it just didn't really work out and like I kind of knew like you know some it's really really hard to be like for me at least it's really hard for me to say like no to like a night out same um but at the end of the day, you have to remind yourself, like, there's tomorrow, too. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's also about, like, finding that balance. Like, you know, maybe if you wake up and you get your productive Friday, like, it'll be more fun. Like, if you're not always going out and, like. Mm-hmm. Feeling terrible and tired yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll it'll just be more fun, like, to save your energy and stuff. So I think it's just you have to really know yourself mm-hmm. and, like, assess, like, how tired you really are. And, like, also another thing for me is, like, if I know when it's time for me to stop hanging out with, like, people because, like, I'll just get kind of quiet. Like, I won't have much to say. Like, I'll just want to kind of sit in my bed and scroll through TikTok and just be alone. Mm-hmm. So I, I also know myself pretty well, though. And I think it just takes a lot of self-reflection. Yeah. It definitely takes a lot of time to like get on that level of being so in tune with yourself where you can be confident in knowing, yes, I'm going to go out or no, I'm going to stay in and like feeling good about that decision. So people who aren't yet like that in tune with themselves, like they don't maybe ignore, they maybe ignore the signs or like they don't really know what it means to be like in tune. What do you mean when you say that? Like, how do you get in tune with yourself? Like, how do you start noticing the signs? I think it'll happen physically first. Um, like, my freshman year of college and even a little bit of my sophomore year, like, I was just always sick. Like, I had a cold, a congestion, and, like, 
I was just tired. And I think it, those signs are like trying to tell you something. And like my gut was all messed up and like I was stressed and anxious and I would have these panic attacks. And I'm like, it was kind of just like a big adjustment as well. But I think, you know, the farther you get into college and the more you grow, like the more your mind gets more mature and stuff. But it's it's a really tricky thing, you know, because like our bodies honestly can tell us so much. Agreed. We just don't listen so much. And it's hard to listen. It is it's really hard really hard it should not be this no. hard like sometimes you just really want to go out but you know like deep down like I, I gotta sleep yeah and I think it's that mentality like a lot of the time people in the generations like above us are always telling us this is the best time of your life mm-hmm. and I'm like this is not the best time of my life this is just a time of my life that I'm having a lot of fun and like, you know, I'm free and stuff, but there's going to be multiple different times of my life that I'm going to be having the best time of my life. And I think that's what puts a lot of pressure in college of like always going out and always being wild and crazy Mm -hmm. when you kind of have to just like take a step back and be like, whoa, I am in my twenties, like chill, like just rest, like, there's going to be many of other chances for me to have fun. If I need to take a rest tonight and like heal and stuff, like Mm -hmm. do that, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's hard to find that. I agree though. Like it's so annoying when people are like, college is the best time of your life. I'm like, college is great, but it's so stressful. Yeah. Like you just have no idea what is coming your way. No idea. And I, it gives, it gives me so much anxiety and then it gives you that weird pressure of like, better go crazy, you know, like right. now, cause I won't later. And that's just so not true. Cause I have two older siblings and one of them is 26. The other one's 24. So they went, they graduated college. They had a great time in college. And I'm like, would you guys go back to college if you could? And they're like, hell no. And I'm like, but I thought it was like, great. I thought it was they're like, I have money now and I have like. I'm like it's you can chill more and stuff so. mm-hmm. it's crazy to think that maybe we won't want to come back to college like right now yeah. I don't want to leave me neither me I don't want to leave I'm so sad I know but I am tired of the schoolwork. it's a lot of work but I like learning at the same time I think you can continue to be a learner even post school I mean like sure. even in your daily life when it comes to learning things like how to get in tune with yourself or learning maybe different hobbies that you enjoy by trying new things like I think that's a big part of it too figuring it all out is being open and wanting to continue to learn in every sure. aspect yeah. yeah you'd be so surprised what you can learn from like even like people you thought you would never learn anything from I always love like I feel like I'm a, like growing up I started going to therapy mm-hmm. in like fifth grade. So like I have been the talker for since then. And like I have my mom, so I talk her ear off. So usually in my other relationships, I really just kind of enjoy listening. And not that I would give good advice, but I like I like to listen, you know, I enjoy that and like I always know at the end of the day, like if I don't get to talk, like I can talk to my mom or anyone else, but I still just enjoy listening and hearing about other people's journeys and like what they do in their life and stuff like that. You can learn so much, yeah, just from that. That's why I love, like, 
talking to people on the podcast because like, yeah. I'm learning so much about it's so you guys. Fun. I know because we wouldn't normally sit down and have a deep conversation like this. Yeah. I mean, like we would a little. It's but... just less like serious. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so you mentioned you've been seeing a therapist since sixth, fifth grade. I that's something I really struggle with. I want to go to therapy so bad, but I have this like therapy fear. So that's so true. What is it like? How does it help you? What do you feel like? Like talk about that. Um, so I have OCD. Like let's get that out of the way. Um, obsessive compulsive disorder diagnosed and. It started when I was younger and I had like, wow, I'm really opening up, but I had like, I don't really care. Like, you know, everyone knows. Um, but I had these like attachment issues with my mom. Like, and like, I couldn't like sleep without her. And like, I would flick the light switch multiple times or like close the doors. Or if I turned around that way, I had to turn around the other way. And like, it was really, really frustrating growing up because everyone else was normal and like I was not and it was just so frustrating and I remember feeling so alone and my mom saw these tendencies and she was like all right this is not normal because she's got three other kids and she knows like that's a little strange so she put me in therapy at age how were you in fifth grade 12 probably around 11 12 and I hated it I was like I, I went to every session I was like I'm fixed right like this is it like if I do this like this and for a long time there I never really believed like that it worked because I was like young like I feel like it takes so much mental growth to understand actually like what's going on and then when I got to high school I had a really tragic loss my sophomore year of high school and that's kind of when like I rekindled my relationship with my therapist and we became like really tight and I would go weekly and I understood it more. And like the older I got, the closer I got with my therapist and the luckier I realized I, like the I realized how lucky I actually was to have her. And we kind of just formed this relationship that like she's honestly like my grandma now. Um, it's very unprofessional. <laughs> But I mean, we've been working together for so many years. She knows me better than I know myself at this point because she's seen me since I was a little baby. And so, yeah, I think it's it's really hard to find a good therapist, especially now because it's, you know, with social media, it's very advertised. And so a lot of people are looking for therapists, but like mm -hmm. the good ones can be booked. So mm -hmm. I think it just takes time to really find a therapist and you have to be really like, mature enough to know like like mentally mature enough to know like this person's not out to get you they're just trying to understand you mm -hmm. so so true yeah so seeing a therapist for this long like how does it does she yeah does she yeah <laughs> does she has she given you like things that have changed the way that you move about your daily life um for sure i mean I think the older I got, the more I realized how not alone I was. And she really, honestly, like I've kind of surpassed a lot of people because of starting at such a young age and being so aware. She's helped me really 
work through a lot of things that I see these, a lot of people who didn't start out with therapy, like they actually had it a lot harder than I thought they did because when I was younger, I really felt alone. Like, cause I would leave school and I'd tell everybody at a doctor's appointment. Nobody has a doctor's appointment every two weeks. Like, come on, Anna, are you, what are you, what are you doing? And I'd be like, oh no, it's just a haircut today. It's a doctor's appointment today. It's like, and I was so embarrassed, but now I'm kind of like, so thankful. That's a flex. Yeah. To be like open to sharing your biggest like vulnerabilities and insecurities yeah. with somebody and like being open and w- willing and wanting to make those changes to improve yourself. Like yeah. that's very admirable. I know. I just don't want any little girl to have to go through what I went through because it sucks. Yeah. Cause your brain's just not like, it's not grown enough to know the difference between false and true Mm -hmm. so you just think these things are gonna happen to you and it's like the worst feeling and all you want to do is be normal and have a sleepover with your friends but you can't do that because you're too afraid to sleep over without your mom Mm -hmm. so I think going through those tough times at a young age I'm grateful now but I do look back at that little girl and I'm like I feel so sorry for you like it's gonna be okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you led me perfectly into The last thing I'm planning to ask you today, if you had to go back or had the chance to go back and tell, I was going to say your freshman year of college self some advice, but if you could go back to that little girl and tell her something that you know now, what would you tell her? Honestly, I would just tell her that like, one day you will be so mentally stable that you'll be so independent that <laughs> like you won't like it's going to surprise you how independent you really become and i think i would also tell her like you know everybody's human mm-hmm. and like don't set unnecessary expectations for other people like and if they break them like people are human and I'd probably tell her to like you know work on herself a little no (laughs) but like I think I would just give her a hug and just tell her you know it's gonna be okay like everybody there's a lot more people out there who have mental illnesses that you just don't know about yet you just found out yours at a younger age and um it feels alone now but most people's don't develop until later because like you know a lot of the childhood trauma like you know that kind of thing it Mm -hmm. just comes out later in like their teenage years whereas mine came out when I was younger Mm -hmm. so it was like easier and it was easy at that time too because my mom was able to make decisions for me that I now like if I was older I don't know because I would be I'd be like well I'm not talking to a stranger like you know it's it's really hard to start when you're older because you're like what the why would they need to know my business Mm -hmm. But it, yeah, I know. It's, it's a tricky thing. It's amazing. It's life. I know. We're growing. We're I learning. Know. So anybody studying psychology, you know, unpack me like a box. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. If you got a psychology degree, bring it over here. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying like I'm still completely mentally like you know stable all the time, but. <laughs> 
we're all a little crazy yeah but like i've got the tools in my box you know to deal with those moments when i really do actually have a panic attack because i do suffer from a lot of that like the panic attacks the classic like you know you get stiffened up that kind of thing but i've got the tools now to deal with that so do you want to share a tool or a technique or something before we um, skedaddle on out of here i think like I think like a tool for me like is to quickly like snap out of it like if I feel it coming I'll just be like this is your OCD it's not you it's your OCD like you that is not you mm-hmm. that thought is not you that's just a thought let it go and if that doesn't work and like I really do get to the point of a t- panic attack I will call my mom um and she'll usually walk me through it she'll t- say the same thing that I said to myself but I mean, you're typically like, you're not supposed to look for reassurance with OCD, but I've just found like, you know, it's really helped. Cause like, yeah, like the whole obsessive reassurance, like you've got to break the pattern, you know what I mean? And that's really hard for an OCD person to do. Um, but yeah, I think that's like the main tool is just separating reality versus what's it called? Like the mental, like you are not the mental illness or whatever, not illness, but whatever you may call it. It's not you. It's just something that's part of you. Yeah. Yeah. Part of this big, beautiful brain. (laughs) My Anna girl. (laughs) Anything else you would like to No, this was actually so fun. I'm so happy. I can't wait to listen to this. I can't wait to like send it to my mom. (laughs) We love our moms over here. We do. Love your mom, honestly, Mm -hmm. and appreciate her more. Yeah. They deserve more appreciation. Call your mom today. Yes. Tell her you love her. Tell her you're proud of her, honestly. Seriously. It'll it'll do a lot because your mom does a lot. We got off on that tangent, but it's important. Yeah, we, we could probably talk about that for like an hour. We could keep talking for a while, so... This will be our time that we let you escape the conversation. So, Anna, thank you so much thank for you. being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and we will talk to you next time on In Moderation, where we practice all things balance. See you guys. Woo-hoo.